For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Yeshua, from Genesis to Revelation. This is part 25 of the series. In Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 17, we're told that in the season or the time when Jews are being kicked out of their homes in the land of Israel, uh, that that is a sign or a signal that the God of Israel is going to end the captivity of his people from the nations of the world where they've been scattered and bring them to the land of Israel. Jeremiah in chapter 30 verse 17, it is written, for I will restore health unto you. Health is a reference to the end of the exile of Jacob and I will heal you of your wound. The wound is the exile. Why? Because they called you an outcast saying this is Zion which no man seeks after. Well if we look at this verse in the Hebrew where we have the phrase they called it is the Strong's number 7121. It's the Hebrew word kara and the Hebrew word kara means to approach and to speak to someone in a challenging or an aggressive way. We have a slang expression in the United States of you're in my face get out of my face you challenge someone in an aggressive way you get in their face this is the meaning of the Hebrew word karab and then it says because they called you an outcast the word outcast is the strongest number 5080 it's the Hebrew word nadak which means to drive out or expel so whenever they challenge and speak to you in an aggressive way to drive you out or expel you that is when I'm going to heal you you of your wound. The ultimate challenge to drive them out is the Gog Magog invasion who come upon the mountains of Israel. The Gog Magog war is a war that the prophets prophesied about long ago and it's such an important event that it changes the course of world history. That is natural human history through the divine intervention of the God of Israel for him to save his people from the Gog Magog armies. And in the prayer book, the Sador, there is a reading during the Feast of Tabernacles. And this reading during the Feast of Tabernacles from the Half Torah is the reading from Ezekiel 38 and Ezekiel in chapter 39. Well, it's important for us to understand in Ezekiel 38 and 39 where 
the Gog Magog coalition of forces where they attack. They don't attack the whole land of Israel. They attack specifically the mountains of Israel, which is Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, and Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains. It is an invasion upon the mountains of Israel, Judea, Samaria, and Jerusalem. It says in Ezekiel 38 to Son of Man, set your face against Gog and prophesy against him. And it says in Ezekiel 38, 8, that he comes against the mountains of Israel. Then in Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 2, he comes against the mountains of Israel. And what the God of Israel does in Ezekiel chapter 38, 22, in defeating Gog, partially what he does is he pleads with him with pestilence, with blood, with great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. In the Midrash Rabbah, which is a Jewish commentary on the scriptures, volume 3, page 144, there is a commentary regarding this fact, and it says, Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause to rain a very grievous hail. And this is referring to Exodus in chapter 9 and verse 18. It is speaking about what the children of Israel in the time of the redemption from Egypt. It's speaking about a plague that comes upon Egypt. And it says, the commentary says, such has not been in all the land of Egypt, which is what it says in the verse. And the rabbinical commentary is, but such has not been, that is, had not been in the past, but there will be in the time to come. When? In the days of Gog and Magog, as it is written, Ezekiel 38, 22, an overflowing shower and great hailstone, fire and brimstone. Gog and his armies then are defeated. And regarding his defeat in Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 21, it says, I will set my glory among the heathen. And then it says, Ezekiel 39, 22, so the house of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. It is the revelation of Yeshua the Messiah to his people. And not only will the house of Israel know the Lord their God from that day forward, but it goes on to say that the nations of the world will as well. Ezekiel 39, 23. And the heathen will know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them and gave them into the hand of their enemies. So fell they all by the sword. With the defeat of Gog and Magog, the God of Israel declares the end of the exile. Ezekiel 39:25. Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel. And the way that he's going to gather them, Ezekiel 39:29, is I'm going to pour out my spirit upon the house of Israel, says the Lord God. Historically, it was after the ten plagues that came upon the children of Israel did they get to leave Egypt. We can see this in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 29 as it is written. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Midnight is a prophetic allusion to the period of the tribulation in the end of days. Exodus chapter 12 verse 30. And Pharaoh rose up, Exodus chapter 12 verse 31, and he called for Moses and Aaron by night. And he said, get you forth and go and serve the Lord as you have said. When Babylon 
falls, which is a judgment upon the nations, which is plague upon the nations, it is then that Zion is redeemed or the children of Israel and Judah come out of Babylon and return to the land of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 50 verse 1, the word of the Lord that came against Babylon in Jeremiah 50 verse 3, making your land desolate. So we're talking about the judgment that comes upon Babylon. And once we have that judgment, then Jeremiah 50 verses 4 and 5, the children of Israel come, they and the children of Judah together, which means all 12 tribes will be living in a place codenamed Babylon at the time of the tribulation and the ingathering of the 12 tribes of Israel. And they will ask the way to Zion. We can see this association in Jeremiah chapter 51 verse 49, which says, as Babylon has caused the slain of the Israel to fall, so at Babylon shall fall the slain of all the earth. And then it says in Jeremiah 51 verse 50, you have escaped the sword that comes upon Babylon who are living in Babylon. Go away, stand not still, remember the Lord afar off, and let Jerusalem come to your mind. Historically, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and Pharaoh and his army was drowned in the Red Sea, in Exodus chapter 15 verse 1, they sang the song of Moses. Exodus in chapter 15 and verse 1 says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, saying, I will sing. They sang, I will sing, indicating that what they're singing will be sung again in future generations. And we see this in the end of days in Revelation 15 verse 3. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and they sing the song of the Lamb. Now, it says in Zechariah in chapter 14 and verse 3, after the nations come to divide the city of Jerusalem, Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 2, it says that the Lord will go forth and he will fight against the nations as when he fought in the day of battle. He will fight against the nations as he did fight in the day of battle. When was the day of battle? It was when Pharaoh and his army drowned in the Red Sea. Therefore, because he will fight like he did fight, that the defeat of Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea is a prophetic foreshadowing of what will happen in the end of days when he fights against the nations, specifically when he fights against Gog and Magog and defeats them. So let's examine now Exodus chapter 15 and see how it's a prophetic foreshadowing of the judgment of the nations and the redemption of the exiles of Israel during the tribulation. In Exodus in chapter 15 and verse 11, they say, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? This is thematically linked to what the 12 tribes are saying in their redemption in Revelation in chapter 15, verse 3, when they sing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, they say, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, thou King of saints. They're making a reference or an allusion back to Exodus in chapter 15, verse 11, which is the song that the children of Israel sung when Pharaoh and his army drowned in the Red Sea. Well, if you look at this verse in the Hebrew, in the first few words of this verse in the Hebrew, it will make an action 
acronym that if you spell out and pronounce the acronym, the acronym is Maccabee, alluding to the Maccabees who rebelled against Antiochus Epiphanes IV and the Greeks who tried to impose their ways in the land of Israel. That that is a prophecy of the end of days that when the nations of the world tried to impose their ways in the land by insisting on the creation of a Palestinian state that there will be a rebellion. And that rebellion in the land of Israel by religious Jews who do not want to see the establishment of a Palestinian state and don't want to see themselves being kicked out of their homes that their rebellion is likened to that Maccabee rebellion and their victory in the rebellion is associated with the joy that the children of Israel felt when Pharaoh and their army drowned in the Red Sea. So we have encoded in the song that the children of Israel sang at the Red Sea in Exodus 15 11, we have encoded in the Hebrew the word Maccabee and then, if you see that Exodus 15, 11 is a prophetic foreshadowing of the rebellion in the end of days against the Palestinian state as an event that sets in motion the following, and that is with then the nations of the world wanting to come and remove Jews out of their homes, that is the war of Gog and Magog, that with the defeat of the Gog-Magog coalition, that breaks the pride in the heart of the Arabs and their eyes are opened and they see who the true God of the universe is. It is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is the God of Israel. Their hearts are changed and the Arabs then become friendly and they will welcome the exiles of Israel to return to the land of Israel in those areas that we went over previously. So the sequence is you have the creation of a Palestinian state, a rebellion in the land of Israel against that Palestinian state. Then we have the nations of the world trying to enforce the agreement to establish a Palestinian state, kicking Jews out of their homes. That's Gog Magog. And the Gog Magog coalition is defeated. And that sets up an opportunity for the exiles of Israel to return because at the end of Ezekiel 39.25, the God of Israel with the defeat of Gog and Magog declares the exile over. Once the exiles of Israel return back to the land during those last three and a half years, as we're told in Revelation chapter 12, then Messiah sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, Zechariah 14 verse 4, and sets up his kingdom. Let's see that order of events here prophetically foreshadowed in Exodus in chapter 15. In verse 11, we have the allusion to the rebellion. And then we have Exodus 15 and verse 14 is a, a reference to breaking the pride of the Arab heart, which comes about through the Gog Magog defeat. And it says, the people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold on the inhabitants of Philistia. That's a reference, I believe, uh, to the Palestinians and those who are living in the Gaza area. Then the dukes of Edom will be amazed and the mighty men of Moab trembling. And it says, and all the 
inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. This is the defeat of the pride in the Arab heart. And then it says in Exodus in chapter 15 and verse 16, fear and dread shall fall upon them till the people pass over. You see, once sorrow takes hold on the inhabitants of Philistia and the inhabitants of Canaan melt away, then fear and dread fall upon them till the people of the God of Israel pass over. And then it says in Exodus 15 verse 17, he will bring them in and he will plant them in the mountain of his inheritance. And once he brings them in and plants them in, then Exodus 15, 18, the Lord will reign forever and ever. Let us see in Isaiah in chapter 16, where Moab is protecting and hiding the exiles of Israel from the beast and the beast system. Isaiah 16, verse 1, send ye the lamb to the ruler of the land from Selah to the wilderness unto the mount of the daughter of Zion. It says, so the daughters of Moab shall be at the fords of Arnon. Verse 4, let my outcasts dwell with you, Moab. The outcasts are the exiles of Israel who are returning to the land. Be a covert to them from the face of the spoiler, for the extortioner is at an end. The spoiler ceases. The oppressors are consumed out of the land. And what is the timing when this is happening? It is Isaiah 16, verse 5, and in mercy shall your throne be established. When Messiah is going to set his feet down on the Mount of Olives and set up his kingdom in that season, prior to him doing that, that the outcasts of Israel are going to dwell with Moab. Why is Moab receiving them? Because the pride of their heart was broken with the defeat of Gog and Magog and that coalition. And so the God of Israel brings his people in and then his throne gets established. Exodus 15 verse 18, the Lord will reign forever and ever. And we can see an outline of this. Zechariah chapter 14 verse 2, the nations divide Jerusalem. Verse 3, he fights against the nations as he fought in the day of battle. Verse 4, his feet stands upon the Mount of Olives. And then Zechariah 14 verse 9, the Lord will be king over all the earth. And that day there will be one Lord and his name one. The one who's ruling and reigning, being king over all the earth, is the Messiah of Israel. It is Yeshua the Messiah. One Israel is the tribes of Israel united. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, Volume 2, in page 1909, quoting from 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 21, it says, Your nation Israel, a unique, or in Hebrew the word is ahad, one people. The commentary goes on to say that the Hebrew word ahad describes the unification of the 12 tribes of Israel. Because the last two letters of Ahad in Hebrew spell 12, and the first letter of Ahad, which is the Aleph, is 1 in Hebrew. And this refers to the, the unity of the 12. And it is a unified Israel that bears God's glory, or as we would understand it, brings glory to the Messiah of Israel. In Jeremiah, in chapter 31, verse 6, it is prophesied that there will be a day that the watchman upon Mount Ephraim will cry, Arise and let us go up to Zion. By watching 
in listening to the teaching in this series, Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation, we have explained in the last part of this series the role of the Messiah to unite the 12 tribes of Israel and how it's going to be taking place in the end of days. In the events that are going on in the world around this signal that the time is near for these prophecies to be fulfilled, for there to be the end of the exile of the house of Jacob and the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel and Messiah to be glorified. And it says that there will be a day that the watchman will cry, arise and let us go up to Zion. I'd like to submit to you that the message that you have heard is a watchman message. And what we are declaring and sharing with you, it is time for you to arise, to awaken out of your spiritual slumber and to go to Zion. In the book, Ephraim, the Gentile Children of Israel by Yardavidi on page 224, he explains that in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 6, the word watchman, if you render it into the Hebrew, is associated with the word Christian. The word watchman is Natsar, and the way you say Christian Hebrew is Notzrim. It contains the same Hebrew root letters, and the rabbinical commentary states that this verse is referring to those who would regard themselves and see themselves as being Christians. That the prophecy said that those who are believers in Yeshua as the Messiah would be proclaiming the prophetic message, arise and let us go to Zion. Indeed, this is the message that you have heard in this teaching. In the book, The Messiah Text by Raphael Patai on page 144, it is explained that it is the role of Elijah in the ministry of Elijah to announce the redemption of the world, that is the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel to the nation of Israel. And the message that you have just heard is also a message of the ministry of the spirit of Elijah. And the message of the ministry of the spirit of Elijah is in Malachi in chapter 4 and verse 4 to remember the Torah of Moses, to return to the Torah, to return to the God of Israel, that is the Messiah of Israel, that is Yeshua the Messiah, and to prepare for him to unite and to gather the 12 tribes of Israel. You have heard a message in this series, and we have now gone over seeing Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. We saw him in the Torah, and we saw by understanding who Yeshua is in the Torah, that that is necessary and needful to understand why he died on the tree and what his earthly ministry at his first coming was all about. It was centered in his role to unite and gather the exiles of Israel. Acts chapter 1, we're told that the purpose of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is so that we would be sent out in the nations of the world proclaiming the message of Yeshua, repentance of sin, returning to the Torah, and his role to unite the 12 tribes of Israel. Paul's ministry was to the exiles of Israel. Peter wrote a letter to the exiles of Israel. So we see how the writings of the epistles is associated with this function and, and this task. And then the book of Revelation gives us the details of actually how it's going to come to pass along with the prophets of Israel in the events that are going on in the world at the time that we have the in 
gathering of the 12 tribes of Israel by the Messiah of Israel. Well, that's going to conclude part 25 of the series on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.